We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artestis jumped over the scorer's table. Artestis in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the Rotowire NBA podcast. This is part two of the episode Alex and I recorded on Thursday afternoon. We did a two-man redraft of the NBA with the goal of building the best team for the next five seasons, which actually proved a lot more difficult than I was expecting. Uh, So much really, really good young talent in the NBA right now. And uh, honestly, I ended up leaving off several guys who, if you would have asked me before we did this, I would have thought would be absolute locks to make one of our teams. But uh, once we dug in and kind of started making our cuts, it it was really, really difficult. And we left some pretty big name young players uh, on the cutting room floor. So um, I hope you guys find this interesting. You know, it was a really fun exercise to do. And you know, I think we'll try to do some similar mock drafts with some different parameters over these next few weeks. Anyway, here's part two. It's a little bit of a jumpy audio cut as we get back into the recording from Thursday, but we're going to have to deal with it. This was edited in the Wayland kitchen. So a uh, far cry from the comforts of the glamorous Rotowire studio. Just for fun, you know, kind of in the spirit of, of last night's draft, rather than focusing on the entire NBA and looking back, uh, we want to look forward and do a, an eight-player draft 
uh, based on the the premise that you're starting an NBA team and you're playing that team out for the next five years. So, you know, you're getting players, you know, you can only draft current players, of course. Um, and you're, you're getting that player for the next five years. You're getting them at the age that they are right now, at the skill level that they are right now. Uh, basically, at the time that the season ended, um, whatever that whatever that player situation was, um, you're getting them. So in my mind, like Kevin Durant's injury is not erased. You know, you're still you can take Kevin Durant, but you have to factor in, um, you know, the the likelihood that he's maybe not the same player the rest of the way. And, you know, he's already 30 years old anyway. Um, so with that uh, being the the overall premise, um, if you have anything to add, go ahead. If not, I will give you the number one overall pick. That's very kind of you. Um, no, I mean, that's, that was exactly my thoughts on it as well. Um, as far as how we construct it. And I'm just going to basically construct my team. Like it's a real basketball team. I'm not going to take like four non floor spacers and be like, you know, this makes sense. Um, yeah, I'll take the first pick. This is tough. Um, but I am just going to go Giannis. Um, I think, you know, I mean, 25 years old is a pretty good, I, I don't know if that's the ideal age for this. Uh, but you know, he, he, he caps out when he's 30. I just want someone who, first of all, is a two-way player. You know, I, I, I strongly consider Doncic, uh, for, for taking the first or, you know, even someone like Jokic, but I, I would want someone who plays both ends of the court. And while, you know, Luca is, is I think a better offensive player, in my opinion, it's not super close. I think Luca is a better offensive player than Giannis. Giannis's defensive potential is crazy. Um, and we, I'm not even just potentially he's great right now, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I I'm, think he's the consensus. Correct. Correct that. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's what most people would do. I think it's still worth a discussion, but that's, that well, would who, be my, who would be, who would be your number two? Who should I take? Uh, <laughs> I think it would be Luca or Kawhi. Yeah. I think there's a case for Davis. I mean, Davis is only 26, which is insane. It did. He's been around for so long. Um, I mean, the thing with Kawhi, you're, he's 33 at the end of this, which is not bad. I mean, I, I think there's some more concern with him and how he'll age versus the average player. And like, I think LeBron has kind of set the standard to an unrealistic point where, I mean, he's 35 and like, I would, I would consider taking him with one of my bench spots, even if that means you only get him for three years, oh, yeah. the level that he's playing at. Um, but you do have to keep in mind that, I mean, the vast majority of players and star players included by age 33, they are not themselves. No, no. And, um, yeah, I mean, the injury is a concern for Kawhi, but, you know, mm -hmm. what he's proven over the past couple of years, past three years is crazy yeah. to me. Um, so it's, okay. it's hard to ignore. All right. So I'm going to take your advice and go Doncic with my, okay. with my second pick. Um, although I think there's a case to be made that if you did, if you did this exercise in another five years, that's when you might get him at his absolute peak. You know, this is ending with Doncic at age 25 and, you know, historically, a lot of guys have peaked in that 25 to 30 range as opposed to 20 to 25. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been so good already. I, I think he's uh, the correct pick at number two. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to, for for exclusively team-building reasons, mm -hmm. I'm taking Jokic number two or number three with my second okay. pick. Um, with Giannis, I feel like you need a floor-spacing center. And I don't want to wait and try to like snag like miles Turner late or something like that. Yeah. And I think, um, I think Jokic, <laughs> I think Jokic, while he's not amazing defensively, Giannis can 
cover up for some of his faults. I also think Giannis as, I mean, obviously Jokic can function off ball. Um, he's going to set great screens for Giannis as well. But having Giannis be able to make cuts off of like Jokic, um, off of Jokic passes, you know, having the lane open for Giannis to post up mm-hmm. or get good post position, or I think it just creates a lot of issues. Like having, you know, Jokic and Giannis, two like great playmakers yeah. who are huge. And, you know, I, I think that just creates a ton of problems for, for a defense, even if, even if Kawhi is probably the better, I mean, Kawhi is the better player. And I think, you know, if, if it was in a vacuum, I would rate Kawhi over that. But um, mm-hmm. in this scenario where I took Giannis number one, I think I'd, I'd like to have Jokic. Okay, fair enough. I'm going Anthony Davis. I'm going to slot him in at center. Uh, I think, you know, as you kind of hit on, extremely important in the modern NBA to have that spacer. And I mean, Davis as a role man this year has been incredible. And I, th- I think Luka Doncic, you know, he's not there right now, but he has a chance by the end of this exercise, um, you know, when we're talking 2025, like he has a chance to be right up there with LeBron uh, as a passer in the pick and roll. So I think the, the Doncic-Davis combination for the next five years, I feel pretty good about. Yeah, I would definitely because, I mean, we saw, you know, I mean, we saw what Doncic could do with someone as, I mean, Dwight Powell as a role man, obviously, like, Luca, Luca to Dwight Powell pick and roll alley oops was like a huge source to their offense, and so yeah. you replace Dwight Powell with Anthony Davis, and then he also has some, you know, he also has some pick and pop ability at least from the mid range. You can space mm-hmm. out the three as well, so I think that that makes a ton of sense. Yep. Um, number three, I am going Kawhi Leonard. Um, ah. I a little concerned. Uh, obviously about his, his knee. I have been very vocal about how I don't think his career will be that long because of that. Um, I think he might tip out early. Um, but at the same time, like uh, a Kawhi and Giannis, uh, you know, wing defensively is amazing. And then Kawhi, you know, I mean, we've seen Giannis struggle in the playoffs with getting his own shot at points or being able to make, make the mid range jumper when that's mm-hmm. what defenses are giving him. I think Kawhi, alleviates some of that issue by having someone at that size, obviously two-way player who can make those mid-range jumpers. So I think yep. that uh, that's good as well. And, you know, Giannis and Kawhi aren't necessarily two guys you want as your net, like primary ball handler necessarily. And so yeah. then having Jokic with that kind of clears things up. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I like that pick quite a bit. Um, man, we, we assembled quite a list. I will say that. Uh, of, of potential <laughs> options here in our document. I'm, I'm looking at RJ Barrett. He's only 19. Gotta keep that in mind. The wave poppy. We did go a little, did go a little overboard, but it was good to have more names than. No, than it's nice names. to have an actual, like, instead of me, like, scrambling to go to basketball reference and sort by win shares per 48 for guys under 25. No, this is. <laughs> Oh, this is really, really tough. I'm also realizing that I should have demanded that we make this a snake draft where I would get picks two and three. Oh, shit. Uh, but it's, it's too late oh, to go back now. That's all right. Are you sure? Do you want to do that? No, that's fine. I mean, this is a fake. <laughs> this is a completely fake draft. I don't really care. Uh, I just really wish I had Kawhi is what I'm saying. Um, okay. Man, this is tough. I need, to, I need to get an exact age on Paul George. Hold on. Uh, uh, he's almost, he turns 30 on May 2nd. That's going to be a no. <laughs> All right. Um, in that case, man, man, this is tough. All right. In that case, give me Jason Tatum. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, wait. No, that's gonna be a psych. Uh, give me Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> With the psych. Yeah, psych. That's nice. 
I should have really considered Towns for my center, but I, I do like that Towns Davis front court is. Yeah, uh, I, I think there's a case <laughs> to be made that Davis kind of covers up for Towns' deficiencies, and what Towns does on offense is kind of what Davis maybe lacks a little bit. I agree. I mean, because I part of me thinks Towns' natural position is a four, not like I don't know, because I don't know if he's like a five defensively. It's tough, but I, I think you're right. Where that's the kind of like modern front court that is ideal, yeah. right? Both these guys who are basically seven feet tall. They're kind of they can play center, they can play forward. They're you know I that's a that's a really nice front court. Over the uh, last three over the last three seasons, so that's almost 200 games. Towns is shooting uh, 41% from three on about five attempts per game. So I, I, I think he can he's justifiable at power forward. No question. I mean, I, I Towns is going to go down. He's one of the best offensive big mm-hmm. men in NBA history. I don't even think that's a hot take. No. Um, I, I'm going to just bite the bullet here and go with LeBron. I'm going to put him at point oh, guard. Dude, come on. Uh, um, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, I know the age is a concern, um, but I just assume that if he retires before that, I get the rights to Bronny. Okay. Uh, yeah, but no, I think um, <laughs> slash Bronny. That's fair. Uh, I, I'm I'm actually okay with this pick. Okay, okay. Uh, at this point, I'm a little worried about a true backcourt, but uh, I think LeBron is someone who's I have no worries about him aging. He can take on any role that he needs to. Obviously, he can spot up shoot if he needs to. He can maybe go back to his heat days. He can post up. I have enough floor spacing for him to post up at this point. Him and Giannis together is not ideal. But um, I think I would just take his basketball IQ combined with like Kawhi Leonard as they would figure it out. Plus, they almost played together. So, um, yeah, I know I'm leaning a little old at this point with Kawhi and LeBron. But I think uh, I think I think I still feel pretty confident in LeBron being, you know, a top five player in the NBA over at least the next two seasons. Mm -hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah. And I I think it was really smart to grab Bronny where you did, too. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So. Uh, the guy that I was thinking about, or both of the guys that I was considering along with Towns in the last round are still on the board. So this makes it very, very difficult. And I'm, uh, man, I'm a, I'm a little concerned that you might snag one of the guys uh, with your next pick. Uh, nonetheless, I will go with Jason Tatum. Okay. For the eighth overall selection. So that now gives me Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic. Tatum is, I mean, I, I've heard Bill Simmons say this, and I think he's right. Tatum's kind of the next iteration of the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard mold. Mm-hmm. Uh, a plug-and-play wing player who can handle if he needs to, uh, both sides of the ball. I know I know, we're leaning a lot in, like, Tatum's, you know, what, last month, a month and a half of, of games, but I think that was a legit breakout. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm not really blaming you for, for having this, for taking him, because he fits on any team. And you're you saying him that. so young. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with uh, James Harden here, uh, okay. because I think he's the best actual backcourt player available, and I I need some sort of legit, you know, point guard role going on. Uh, or you know, I I know I know having him with like LeBron is probably LeBron and Giannis might be like the worst theoretical fit for Harden. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's, the talent level is too great. And he's he's he is an amazing three point shooter. Obviously, I'm I'm pretty sure they would make this work. I don't think this yep. would. Uh, and plus, being off ball, like I don't know. 
we, we've seen him, you know, collapse in the playoffs from possibly exhaustion. So if he's the second or third option on a, on a team like this, it may actually do good things for, for his career. Yeah, we'll, we'll chalk it up to exhaustion. He, uh, he turns 31 in August, for what it's worth. But I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I think based on what we have right now, your team would, would almost certainly beat my team the next two years, for sure. And then things maybe get a little more interesting. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Okay, so I'm going to take a guy who kind of fits more of the mold that you've been building. Uh, I'm going to take Damian Lillard, who's currently 29 years old. Yeah, Lillard is. Um, Lillard will make an appearance when we do. Um, eventually, we'll do like a, a a different segment where it's like a uh, like a change my mind segment. And I have I have a hot take on not necessarily a hot take, but my uh, I'm I'm very high in Lillard. So I think that was, was that a, was that an official tease. That was an official tease for a segment. Yes. Okay. I think what we should do is every every week we'll just extend this out by one year. So we'll do like, all right, what if we're drafting for the next six seasons? What about the next seven seasons? <laughs> Brownie may actually get drafted then. Look, if the uh, NBA is not back until mid-July, we're going to have to, like, we're already scraping the bottom of the barrel. It's going to get, like, what we're, we're going to be talking about by the end of May is going to get ugly. We could do a reverse where we draft from uh, <laughs> the past. We draft for them to play the past five years. <laughs> average out the numbers that what's already happened yeah yeah we're like okay i'm gonna draft uh pau gasol for the past five years um okay on, real, a, quick, reset, quick reset before you make your 11th overall pick okay your starting five we both filled out the starting fives uh before getting to the bench so good job by us you have nikola Jokic, Giannis antetokounmpo Kawhi leonard james harden and LeBron James and the rights to Bronny James. I have Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, and Damian Lillard. So three bench spots. We can, we can go deeper if you want. I don't mind extending this out. There's a lot of names here. Do you want to do you, uh how about do you want the first pick off the bench since I got first pick and we didn't do snake? Uh sure, that seems fair. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Of course. Okay. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. So, with my first pick off the bench, now I'm, I was not prepared for this. I will take... <laughs> man, this is tough. I'm going to take Zion. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to take Zion. Uh, we're playing this out for real. He, you know, we've, we've discussed at length that his, his fantasy profile has kind of lagged behind his profile as an actual player. And he still has some holes, you know, defensively. He hasn't been very good. He hasn't shown much as a passer. The free throw and three-point shooting are an issue. But it's hard for me to believe that five years down the road, you know, he won't have at least, you know, sealed up some of those problems. I think, um, you know, I think I think Zion's floor is like Blake Griffin. I don't think you're I don't think Zion is going to be like worse than prime Blake Griffin. And prime Blake Griffin was obviously an amazing player and a politician. Player. So we, you, you know this obviously, but a lot of people don't. We've been going back and we're we're doing a project with the NBA where we essentially help them like redo all of their player pages on their site, and then some of this content runs on our site as well. 
So that's involved a lot of us going back and like going season by season and summarizing certain players. And this is something that's kind of been on the side for us for a long time. But now with no sports, you know, we've, we've been able to focus on it uh, a lot more, you know, as a kind of a primary project. I, I worked on Blake Griffin the other day. I forgot how insane he was for a couple of years there. And I mean, obviously the injuries were were kind of the main reason for that, but like he was immediately awesome. Like his, his rookie year and he did sit out his first year with a knee injury, but right away he was a 23, 12, four assists, almost one steal per game. Um, you know, it wasn't a great three point shooter back then, but he was still super efficient from the floor. Like his first five NBA seasons stack up against almost any other players from that era. I mean, he was really, really, really good before the injuries. He he was my favorite player for like those first those like Clippers Lob City years. He was yeah. you're right. He was both really, really good and must see TV. Like I felt yeah. like I was missing out if I did not watch every single national TV Clippers game. And most of the mm-hmm. time there would be there would be times where like I would go to bed and like my dad would like record dunks that like Blake Griffin did. And he would be like, oh, you got to check these out in the morning. It was like that much of a thing. It was yeah. very like Zion esque. Yeah. I think your dad and my dad are very different. I don't think my dad has any idea who Blake Griffin is. <laughs> let, let alone would go to the links to record dunks to, to wake me up and show me in the morning. That, that was definitely not happening. Um, my dad will at least trust me when I'm like, no, this guy's legit. Uh, yeah. So he knows. Uh, I, um, I forced my girlfriend to watch the, with me, watch the top 100 dunks of the decade, which NBA <laughs> NBA TV put out a list the other day. So we, we watched that on, I guess it was Saturday. Blake had, without looking, I, he had at least five of the top 10. And I think he had three of the top five. Like, it was incredible. And they're, they're all kind of the same dunk. You know, you just like, like the one that, you know, the Moskov dunk where he basically throws it in. He had yeah. like four of those over the course of a few years that were all like equally Im- impressive. And then he had like multiple windmill alley-oops. You know, the one against the Bucks is, is the one that always comes to mind where Crawford went between his legs and flipped it up to Blake who just like comes out of nowhere to windmill it. Like, I mean, he was like, you said, absolute must see TV. I think I, maybe this is a hot take, but I, I think he was on another level from what we've seen from Zion so far, like Zion, Zion in high school and Zion in college was more impressive, but we haven't really seen like Zion hasn't had a signature dunk yet in the NBA and he's only played like 20 games. So that's maybe why, but I think Blake was more of like a show right away when he got to the league than Zion's been so far. He was. And like, I, I mean that his dunk over Kendrick Perkins is, I think that has to be a top five poster dunk in the history of basketball. Um, I also think his, um, his spin dunk on Danilo Gallinari when Danilo Gallinari was on the Knicks gets really underrated where mm-hmm. Blake is running in transition, uh, down the right side of the court and Danilo Gallinari tries to guard him and Blake, like from basically inside the a little bit inside the three-point line starts this like spin and rises up with like the cleanest dunk that you've ever yeah. seen um yeah blake was incredible man it, it, re- it really sucks that his career has like been destroyed by injuries because he was you know those last years in in la and you know obviously early in detroit where he was kind of turning into also a primary ball handler it looked like he was gonna like emerge into something completely different and it was it was crazy to see yeah, for sure. Um, All right, so you have the 12th overall pick. This will be your first selection off the bench. Yeah, I'm bringing Joel Embiid off the bench. Um, the the injury concern is real, uh, but I just think that if I, Embiid is just this good, you know, I mean, I, there, there's no question he can be or is maybe the best post player in the NBA uh, in an efficient way, and I'm 
not that concerned about his three-point shooting. Like, I don't think he has to take that many. Um, I think, ideally, he, people are going to have to take any, maybe, like, one or two a game. And, obviously, his defense, he might be the, one of the best at-rim defenders in the league if you're just talking at-rim defense. So, I'm uh, I'm going to be okay with bringing Joel yeah, Embiid. Yeah, him and Whiteside. <laughs> him, and, him and Whiteside. Uh, and if Embiid only has to play, like, 27, 28 minutes a game in this scenario and he can just dominate those 27, 28 minutes... Yeah, uh, I think that would that would be great as well. Yeah, I actually like that logic quite a bit. I, I think, you know, we'll never see it in the normal NBA, but I, I think, you know, releasing, you know, full 100% Joel Embiid for 20 minutes would be a lot more effective in some ways than, you know, getting getting the Embiid that we've seen when he's playing 35 minutes. Right. Okay, so we can get a little more creative now, I guess, that we're, that we're to these bench spots. I will take... A lot of a lot of great names on the board. Like I, I just added two more rows to the spreadsheet. Just you know, we're going we're going ten deep now. There there are just too <laughs> many fine. guys that we need to draft. I'm gonna take Bam Adebayo. Oh wow, 22 years that. old, coming off of the best season by far of his career. Um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think he has like a sky high ceiling. Like I, I don't think we're ever gonna be talking about him as a legit top 10 player in the NBA. Although the, the trajectory that he's been on the last couple of years, you know, he, if he, if he takes another leap next year, you know, then maybe we can have that conversation. But I, I think he's kind of a, a guy to me that, that like the, the steps that he's taken so far have, have been very similar to Pascal Siakam, whose name we might hear very soon here. Um, and if he has one more level to go, you know, and he, I, I think at age 22, like there's a pretty good chance that even if he never is like a super duper star, he's, a perennial all-star caliber player for not only the next five years, but like the next 10 years. Yeah, he is. Um, he's really good. I think he's going to be, I I'm with you in that he should be, or he projects to be at this point, uh, a household name much sooner than later. Uh, especially if the heat can continue, you know, I mean, I, I trust Jimmy Butler to stay pretty good. His he's having such a weird season, but he's playing really well. Like there's, his foul shooting went through the roof. Yeah. And he can't shoot threes anymore. Like I don't really know what's happening there. Yeah, but, the government, the uh, government does not want you to know that he is not a good three point shooter anymore. That's true, but they also don't want you to know that he's taking like ten free throws per thirty six, basically. Yeah. Uh, he's shooting four percent from three. I don't really understand what happened there. Um, I I am just going to continue sticking with my theme of guys who may age out semi poorly, but I'm pretty confident over the next few years, I'm taking Kevin Durant. Um, all right. With, with my pick, uh, I am a little concerned about the Achilles obviously, but I think the upside is just too high. Uh, I'm not sure what he'll be at age 35, but I still think that if he can at least, you know, get through, I, if he recovers even relatively well, and it's 85% of, Kevin Durant, you know, maybe he spots up more for three. Maybe he doesn't drop the rack as much. Maybe he takes it easy in transition, doesn't play as hard of defense. Um, that player is still amazing. And uh, even his shooting ability is going to translate long-term, even when he's yep. old. And we've seen, we've seen players like Ray Allen succeed way longer than people, I think, thought they would because of, of yep. that ability. And so I'm, I'm still confident taking Durant here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the guy who I thought you were going to take after that description. I'm going to go Steph Curry. He's one year older. He's 31. Next guy on my um, list. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's going to age very gracefully. Um, you know, I, we've obviously seen him have some some injury issues over the course of his career. But, you know, the ankle thing, he seems to have fully moved past. I mean, that was something that afflicted him a full decade ago. And and last, you know, this this current injury you know, that he just came back from, 
kind of a freak thing, you know, Aaron Baines falling on his hand, you know, not something you'd really worry about long-term. So, it, you know, I, I think you're getting maybe two or three more elite seasons out of Curry. And then he becomes, I think he becomes like kind of this era's version of like a Jason Kidd or a Steve Nash, where maybe his usage rate is down 10 percentage points from where it was at his peak. But, you know, he's really, really good and can still be a starting point guard. Uh, maybe not a guy that you lean on every single night for offense, but I mean, 35 year old Steph Curry as like the third option on a team that you absolutely cannot leave in the catch and shoot, uh, I think it's going to be pretty lethal. Yeah, I mean, his defense is already a concern, and it's going to be even more so when he's that age. But like you said, I mean, if he can just continue launching up threes, even like if he was the worst defender in the league, I mean, Isaiah Thomas was the worst defender in the league, and he ended up with an MVP voting. So right. uh, I, th I think Curry could probably do the same. Uh, with my next pick, I am going to go... This is tough, uh, but... I'm just going to stick with what I know. I'm going Paul George, okay. uh, 29 years old, uh, just the older Jason Tatum, and just a guy who we know works with Kawhi, a guy who we know can play. Paul George can play three positions very easily. Uh, shooting, he can play anything on the wing. He can even play some point guard if you need him to. Uh, and he's an elite three-point shooter. And that probably doesn't get brought up enough how, like, Paul George shoots a ton of threes, and he's yes, he does. elite at making uh, and I think I still I still think, you know, there, there's kind of this perception of him as and he is a second option, but he he can really succeed as a spot up guy and succeeds because he's a great spot up guy. And that's why he's a great number two guy instead of a number one guy. Uh, and I'm not again, another guy I'm not worried about aging poorly because I think sure. the great shooters don't age poorly usually. And uh, his height will help him defensively. Oh, my God. There, there are 10 guys who I wish I could still take right now like this is we think of the names that we haven't even mentioned yet at all i mean jamal murray De'Aaron fox uh shea gilgis alexander donovan mitchell jalen brown um uh, just scrolling through our list here deandre ayton jaron jackson um john morant trey young still on all still on the board yeah uh it's with tall. all that said yeah i will take pascal siakam okay Do you, uh, I mean, Siakam to me is like, he's throughout the playoffs. The one thing I ended up noticing about him, cause that, you know, when I didn't watch a ton of Toronto in the regular season, the year that they won the title, I saw most of them during the playoffs. I think I watched more of their playoff games than regular season games. Mm -hmm. And he, his scoring, his finishing ability from basically around the rim out to like, basically the short mid range, like the floater range is insane. Yeah, I swear I've never seen him miss a floater. Um, it's unbelievable. So it, you know if he can continue developing as a three-point shooter, as like a, a as a true ball handler and as a defender, obviously like sky's the limit for him. But even even as is, he's a basically a fringe all-star. Dude, I mean he went for forty in game one of the finals. Yeah, he's he, he uh you give him that range, he literally does not miss. It's it's crazy. Uh, this is this is a tough pick. This is where I'm feeling less and less confident. Um, oh, he definitely did not go for 40, by the way. He went for 32. I don't know where I was, what I was thinking. Felt like 40. Yeah, I swear. I, this game, this basketball reference, I don't know what this site is, but he, he went 14 <laughs> of 17 from the field in that game. I, I assume those were all floaters. You would have to assume that. Um, man, this is tough. 
Um, I got two names that I'm I'm really debating in between here. Uh, I'm going Trey Young. Okay. Uh, yeah, probably my not even probably. I think this is this has got to be my second worst defender behind James Harden. Maybe the only non one of the only non two way guys on my team, but he is already one of the best passers in the NBA. One of the best passers uh, I've ever seen, and is obviously like his three point percentage isn't crazy, but his ability to space the floor like he does is extremely valuable. Puts a ton of pressure on the defense in a way that most other players cannot do. He gets to the free throw line a good amount. He's just crafty. Um, he is. He is. You know that the crafty label gets thrown uh, around to a lot of bad players, but Trey Young is super crafty in the way that he shot fakes in the way that he, you know, just draws contact. Um, and I feel really confident in him. I mean, he's already basically, I mean, 30 and 10, he averages 30 and 10 in Hawks wins. And I, that was a stat that I, so I remember. He's reading. done that three times this year. <laughs> he's done that three times, but he's basically a 30 and 10 guy already at this age. Yeah. And that's, you know, yeah. probably not going to lead to the most wins, but yep. Um, his, his upside remains insane. He would have been my next pick for sure. So I, I think that's a great one. And a guy who I think any of us could have taken him in, in one of our starting spots and it wouldn't have been crazy. Yeah, I agree. The one thing I worry about with him, though, is the hair. It's, it's already uh, I mean, five years from now. That could be really that could be a, a major liability. Yeah, I mean, he's got to, you know, I think maybe sooner than later, we'll start seeing a, a Trey Young you know, the, the double wide or double tall sweatband, like LeBron kind of treatment. Uh, I think he could pull it off, you know. I, uh, he's, he's heading towards some uncharted territory, um, you know, in terms of young players facing these kind of obstacles when it comes to hair. I mean, he, I think yeah, it's going to get to Caruso's zone for a while. Uh, but with Caruso, it almost adds to the, the Caruso-ness of him. You know, like nobody cares what his hair looks like. It's almost more, it's almost funnier or like better for his brand that he has this terrible hair. Whereas like, if you're trying to be the best point guard in the NBA, I don't know if that's what you want. Right. And I'm not, I don't want to shame Trey Young, but like, I don't think he'll look good bald. Um, you know, I, I, I think LeBron could pull it off. I don't even think it's a question, but yeah. uh, there are certain, certain faces just, it's not going to work. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty worried about Trey, but I hope, yeah. I hope it gets sorted out. He could maybe be one of those people that you see at the rec center every now and then who just plays in a hat. Yeah backwards hat like short bill yeah. like so it doesn't hit your the back of your neck so when you shoot yeah like a cycling hat almost yeah <laughs> something to consider i mean this is five years down the road who knows what the nba will allow oh my god okay so i'm looking at our rosters here and somebody somebody just added two more rows so now i guess we're gonna make it a full 12 player team that's crazy <laughs> okay oh uh, so we'll definitely make this two parts uh, but I, I want to fill it out now. We we're having, I'm, I'm at least having a good time doing this. Oh, and we have so many players left that, uh, let's might as well make it, make it 12. And, you know, who knows? We might have to take some two way guys, um, two way out, a, out an entire G league team. WNBA affiliate. Sure. sure. Uh, okay. So we have, we have 18 picks down. I, I will actually cap it at 12. So that means three more picks for each of us. I'm on the clock with pick number 19. Several guys uh, who, again, I, I would have taken much earlier, still on the board. One of those, I, I'm in desperate need of another guard. I'm going to take Kyrie Irving, 27-year-old. Oh 
27. Wow. Injury is not a concern or yes. Well, that's the thing I was going to ask is why did you not take him? Is it because of the injuries? Is it because just, you know, general team chemistry? Is it because he's already a little bit up there in age relative to some of these guys? I think he is a, a team chemistry liability. I think he's overrated as a player and I'm worried about his injuries. I don't think I could be, I think I'm about as low as you can reasonably be on Kyrie Irving as a player. I think he is, I think okay. he's like, he's, I think he fits the mold of kind of like an old school 2000s player who like gets his 25 points. Yeah. He, you know, he gets his assists, he passes, but he's just something, something, I don't know if he can be your best player. And he's not, he's your like eighth best player, but he, he definitely has a high. little, he has a little Stefan Marbury in him. Yeah. In a different way than Marbury did, but in the, like the, the, the numbers are actually pretty similar as well too when you're like like marbury was an awesome player for the first like six or seven years of his career and, and obviously he hit a wall but um yeah i think he was much like marbury i think Kyrie's name has exceeded the production at this point i think so too but if you're talking to draft like this where theoretically you would not have to rely on him all the time and yeah. he could play like he would be playing like what 22 minutes a game for this team he, he might be inactive on some nights <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Give him a—he'd be watching like conspiracy videos uh, <laughs> on the on the edge on his on his iPhone. All right, so you are up with pick number twenty. Uh boy. I think uh, RJ Barrett's still on the board. I think I'm gonna go Ben Simmons. Okay. I know I just put Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons on the same team again, uh, but I. They would not have to share the court at all under this uh, under this regime and under under this under these rules. And for all of his faults, Ben Simmons is an elite defender. Should be an all defensive team, like like for sure. Um, can guard probably four positions. Elite mm -hmm. steals production, good blocks production production. Maybe one of the top five transition players in the NBA, along with like Giannis. Uh, and I think. Obviously, one of the best passers in the league. I just think he's he might somehow be underrated. I mean, I, I do think Embiid, both Embiid and Simmons are underrated because they play with each other and that limits yeah. things. Blah blah blah. But I uh, I would still want him. I would still want him here. Okay, fair enough. I, I think he he very easily could have gone a little earlier. I, I thought about taking him um, a couple rounds ago, but I think the lack of true progression is a little concerning. Like there hasn't yeah. been a real reason to say five years from now he's going to be a dramatically better player because we're three full years in and it's been almost identical every year. Um, but I mean, he's, I, it's going to be, it would be pretty cool, I guess, if he played 15 years and let's put up the same numbers for 15 straight years. Like eventually he's going to progress, even if it doesn't mean as a shooter, like he's still going to get better in other ways. Right. I mean, you're talking about someone who is already a perennial all-star and a fringe all NBA player at yep. his absolute worst. So, right. yeah. Okay. So, I have three guys I'm beside, deciding between right now, and uh, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on Brandon Ingram, 22-year-old Brandon I respect Ingram. respect that. Yep, need another like wing. I like Ingram and, and Tatum on the same team, uh, yeah. so you can finally put that debate to rest. Right, I think they'll push each other in practice. Um, that's something you have to consider, obviously, a ton in, in an exercise like this. It really is. Um, all right. Yeah, I got a couple of guys I'm eyeing up. Um, 
man, this is a this is a tough call. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Devin Booker. Ah, that's who I was gonna take. All right, okay. I like it. It was. Uh, I was trying to decide between him and Bradley Beal, but I yep. think they're extremely comparable players, yep. and uh, I would rather have Booker, who's three years younger, and is having like very quietly because the Suns didn't make the playoffs. An amazing season. Uh, yeah. I I don't know why it flew under the radar. I, I again probably because they're not playing well, but he was scoring 26 points a game on 18 shots, uh, plus six and a half assists. I know he's. You know, I know he's like not gonna do much defensively. Um, his like assist to turnover ratio isn't amazing, but mm-hmm. someone who's proving to be like a very reliable 25 points a night on very good efficiency at 23 years old. He made his first All Star team. Um, can play three positions. I just I think he's he think he's underrated. I think he deserves to be uh, picked up the spot. Yeah, I, I was going to take him like I said with what would be my last pick now. Um, I, I kind of want to take Clay Thompson, but I feel like in the, in the spirit of this, like there are just so many good players who are like 20 or 21 compared to Thompson, who's 30. And, uh, you know, do they ever get to the the level of effectiveness that Thompson's at right now? Who knows? Uh, I'm not like with Thompson. I'm not even like factoring in the injury. I think he's going to be totally fine. I think he's on the short list of guys who just won't be all that affected by a major lower body injury. Like just nothing really about his game really requires, um, you know, that kind of springy type of movement. Um, and he's somebody that'll age really gracefully. So I just want to get that on the record. I'm not going to take him. Uh, I just want to okay. make sure that that for posterity, it's out there that I wanted to take him, but did not. Uh, I also want to take DeAndre Ayton, but I won't because I already have Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson, Bam Adebayo, and, and even Pascal Siakam, who could moonlight at center. So I think I have enough big guys. And with Ayton, he really can't play anywhere else right now. You know, maybe maybe you could project forward and say he eventually starts shooting threes, which he did take at Arizona and has not taken any, I don't think, outside of maybe some like half court heaves in the NBA. Um, so the lack of spacing is an issue, which leaves me with with a few options. And I have it right now whittled down to Brad Beal, John Morant or De'Aaron Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And welcome. I'll. Speak your piece, please. I was going to say, Fox and Morant are very comparable, I think, yeah. as players. I think Fox's, uh, Fox's defensive upside, I think, is is higher. They're both not, I mean, not exactly, like, trustworthy, high-volume three-point guys yet. Um, I think Beal is the safest pick, but not, I don't know. You got to gotta make that decision yourself. Uh, man, I'm going to need 15 to 20 minutes to think about this. it just feels wrong to have this whole draft and like Morant not be taken like isn't that the whole point of a draft like this is like guys like him are going you know top five but I guess when you're only projecting out five years like that is a long time but for a guy who's 20 you know you you can take someone as we've seen in this draft you can take someone who's 31 or 30 and still feel pretty good about where they are at the end of that oh man I I I think I think I gotta go Beal I'm taking Bradley Beal he's 26 and he's my 12th man yeah, I can't really disagree with that because uh, I took Devin Booker and they are the same type of player almost exactly. Uh, eerily similar numbers. Uh, I, with my last pick, I'm going Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, I, I considered, I was going to consider Bradley Beal 
Um, but other than that, I mean, obviously there's still a lot of great names left. I think, you know, obviously Morant deserves some recognition. Oladipo kind of would be a sneaky pick in this draft. Um, yeah, but I'm I, going I really Porzingis. Him. I'm, I'm going Porzingis because he is, um, he could play both center and power forward, which I think is really valuable. Obviously yep. he's not going to be posting up. It's embarrassing to see him try to do that. Uh, but his three-point shooting, I guess, size is uh, unbelievable. It's, it's, you know, there's not that many guys at that height that are going to be shooting like that. And he's going to protect the rim really well. Um, I'm hoping to put out a lineup of uh, Jokic, Agadakumbo, Porzingis, Embiid, uh, uh, and just Durant, and just see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, I think um, this season has been great for him. The injuries are still a concern. I'm still a little worried, but... He is, uh, after like the first month, it was kind of slow for him. He's looked fantastic. Yeah, the injuries are the main concern for me. And I, it's just hard for me to picture like what, how, where does he get significantly better? I guess efficiency wise, like for, for being seven foot four to be shooting 42% from the field is, is pretty rough. And, you know, about half of his attempts are coming from three and that's a big part of it. Um, but he, he's still not like a, an uber efficient finisher um which to me is, is kind of a problem at that size he doesn't do a lot of passing and he's not asked to because of who he plays with um but i, I just don't like I, I don't know what he looks like in five years like i think he's just kind of a variant of the same player which is really good but i i don't know if i see him ever ascending to being you know a true superstar or like a top 10 or 15 guy do you not necessarily. I mean i think i think the only realistic next step for him is to like dominate the mid-range you know, kind of yeah. get that like Dirk beta because he can shoot over any buggy. I mean, he has enough height to where it's realistic for him to be shooting 12 foot jump hooks. And so, you know, he's not obviously he's he's a you know, he's really skinny. He's not backing any buggy down. But I think really for him to be able to just find a way to get 12 to 14 feet from the basket and be able to consistently score from there. Um, I think that's really the only step he can take. And look, if he takes that, you know, then you talk about someone who could easily score you know, 28 a game if you if you fed him at a, at a pretty you know significant rate. Sure. So some of the names uh, that were left off our our 24 player list: Jimmy Butler, age 30; Russell Westbrook, age 31; Victor Oladipo, age 27; John Morant, age 20; Demontis Sabonis, age 23; Rudy Gobert, 27; John Collins, 22. Mitchell Robinson, Andre Drummond, Chris Middleton, Clint Capella, Zach Levine, Jaron Jackson, Clay Thompson, D'Angelo Russell, Lonzo Ball, Jalen Brown, SGA, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray, Darren Fox. Uh, and, I mean, there's probably 10 or 15 more that we could continue to read off. I mean, there's, I think maybe if nothing else, this speaks to the depth of young talent that we have right now. And I think maybe, maybe someday we'll do a, a variation of this draft where you can only take guys who are like 25 and under. I, I think maybe that would be even more interesting than this. Yeah, I think so, too, because like you mentioned, I do think, you know, like my team would over the next two years would probably, you know, win win a seven game playoff series. But then your team for the three years after that uh, would would be in a way better spot because most uh, most of your guys would be hitting their prime or close to their prime. And then my guys would be aging out. Uh, And so it's it's kind of tough there. Um, And I'd be relying on like Paul George, Ben Simmons, Booker, Porzingis. you know, picking up slack, but yeah, I mean, this was a, a really, a really good exercise. Do you have, do you have someone to coach this team? You know, I've been thinking about it. Um, 
You're going to give me first pick of the coaches? Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, well, I, in that case, I will be bringing back Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> Five-year deal, fully guaranteed. Oh, my God. Uh, Were you going to take him? Nick, uh, no, I'm taking Nick Nurse. <laughs> Who? Nick, <laughs> Nick Nurse. Never, never heard of him. Oh, All right, fair man. enough. No, I think uh, in seriousness, I think nurses. Yeah. Uh, he's proven to be an amazing regular season coach, obviously, and an amazing playoff coach. So um, yeah, I, it hurts. It hurts me to take him over Bugenholzer, but yeah. Uh, and Doc Rivers deserves some mention. Yeah, as this well. But, um, conversation. I think. Yeah. Um, I think Quinn Snyder is in the conversation. Carlisle, Popovich. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, well, well, Pop is kind of the one guy who you think like five years from now, I don't know. Right. This is a Knicks coach, Mike Miller. <laughs> He's done a nice job. And bring back Fizdale. Maybe he'll get me LeBron in free agency. Okay. John Beeline got a, got a bad deal in Cleveland. I'm going to give him another <laughs> shot. All right. So we'll read through the full rosters one final time. And I'll, I should mention, we'll, we'll put this up on the site in the article um, with the podcast and, uh, I'll, I'll do a little write-up kind of explaining the rules and whatnot. So this will be will be posted online, and we'll tweet it out as well. Team Barutha is Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, LeBron James slash Brodney James, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Trey Young, Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, Chris Daps Porzingis, Team Whalen, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Zion Williamson, Bam Adebayo, Steph Curry, Pascal Siakam, Kyrie Irving, Brandon Ingram, and Bradley Beal. Coached by Jeff Van Gundy, Team Barutha, coached by Nick Nurse. <laughs> Perfect. Overall, any regrets looking back? Uh, I don't think I don't think I have any regrets. I mean, I would have loved to to find a spot for you know Oladipo or something, but you know even even Mitchell Robinson would have been intriguing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the names that we left off were left off for a pretty good reason. And there's not more than like three guys, three, four guys I would consider swapping in. No, I, I mean, I think you took LeBron too early. Maybe you thought that I was going to take him, which eventually I, of course, would have. But I wasn't going to take him until probably midway through the reserve portion. Um, but again, I, based on your strategy, I think that was the right move. I initially had him like lower when I was writing stuff on scrap paper. And then as I kept like thinking about it, I kept slowly moving him up and then he just, he ended up there. So it wasn't, it was not in anticipation of you snagging him. He just ended up there when I was, when I was brainstorming. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned Mitchell Robinson. He is on our list, but I think there are at least, at least five to eight guys that I would still take over him. And that's saying a lot. Like I, I'm a pretty pro Mitchell Robinson and I think you are too, but I mean, I would take Morant, Savonis, um, maybe even Middleton, who I think will age pretty well. Uh, DeAndre, yeah, Aiden, I mean, I would take over him. SGA, I would take over him. Sure, but I, I mean, I yeah, I, I agree. But I just think the fact that he is he's on this list and yeah. it you know garnered would garner consideration if we mm-hmm. you know actually drafted like you know a few more guys because I mean he just he's a relatively unknown player outside of like <laughs> you know Knicks. Uh, fans and like obsessed fantasy players and but i do think he is that good to where he's someone you would strongly consider as like a a a backup center of your your future in this sort of a format yeah 
Okay, so like I said, we'll we'll definitely do another one of these over the next week or two um, with some different parameters, whether that means you know under 25 or you know looking ahead to you know you have to build a team to win one specific year in the future. You know, like you're building a team that has to win the title in 2026, something like that. Um, so that that kind of forces you to to weigh a little bit more of what these guys will be at a certain time, as opposed to, you know, like, like you said, like, like we just talked about with LeBron, like there's a, there's a pretty good case that even if LeBron retires after three of these years, he'd be so good for those three years that it would still be worth not getting anything out of him for the last year. So we'll, we'll do some more variants. Um, but again, this will be up on the site. So if you want to check that out, um, just make sure to go to rotowire.com slash basketball. Uh, do you have anything else to plug Alex? What was your, what was the team that went up today in the 30 teams, 30 days series? Uh, that's actually a good question. Oh, it was the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, who were who were pretty interesting actually. I had I had maybe an easier time writing them than a lot of other teams. Like I I kind of you know some teams I kind of struggle when I get to like mm-hmm. 25, 26, but a lot of interesting stuff about the Thunder this year, especially like the impact of like Dennis Schroeder and Danilo Gallinari being like an elite half court player and Lou Dort is Lou Dort <laughs> Lou Dort exists and uh, is probably a rotation player. So. Yeah, that was a that was a fun team to do. Oh, one last thing. We we a project we've been working on for a while behind the scenes is finally live on the site as of this morning. We now have historical fantasy stats that go all the way back to the 2004-2005 season. So these are both on player pages and there's a, a landing page uh, on the NBA stats section of rotowire.com. Um, so you can go and look at any individual season. Uh, again, from 0405 on. So right now I'm looking at 2009-10, and you can see that Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, and David Lee were the top five fantasy players in that year. <laughs> and these lists these lists go deep. I mean, they go 400 plus. The worst fantasy player that year provided the the, the little littlest amount of value, least amount of value. Eddie Curry, 441st overall, played in seven games and was bad enough in those seven games that he provided less value than anyone else in the league. I was trying to find the worst player who saw at least a thousand minutes. I found it, uh, Trenton Hassel, who I've literally yep. never heard of. Oh yeah. I, I want to say he spent some time with the, the Timberwolves. I'm not sure. Uh, looks like he was, he was with the nets at some point. Uh, but yeah, that, that all, that all checks out. Um, and make sure on the site, we have the, the full write-up of the all-time draft that we referenced earlier in the podcast. So, uh, that took place on on Wednesday night on the radio, and and Chris did a nice write up of that on the site. So make sure you check that out. Alex, you and I will be back next week for a rewatch of 2006 Suns Lakers. Yeah, I'm excited for that. is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done